Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. And this is, uh, this is the hour I, we host. It's Raylan Davis, Brian Benstock, there you are, and David Spizak. Guys, are you here? Are you ready to 
talk about the tools you need to ready. climb the highest mountain. I'm ready. Let's get in. Let's go. I want to hear. Talk to me, guys. How was your weekend? And what tools do you need to climb to climb these mountains? Oh, and Brian, I saw a picture of um, who is that? Uh, who's your guy? Oh, my God. Um, David Goggins. Oh, my goodness. I see why you follow him. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> shirt was off. I was like, hello, Mr. Goggins. Hello. Anyway, guys, take it away. I want to hear what your thoughts are this that morning. Guy, that guy eats sharks. I mean, it's come like on. He clearly yeah. eats rocks because He's, that's a whole, that's, whoa, hello. Yeah, there, there is no word for Mr. Goggins. I mean, he is, he's a unicorn. He's one of a, one of a kind, different, different levels. A lot of people out there that are, you know, in phenomenal shape, great trainers, uh, People like Tim Grover, you know, who's himself one of a kind, but Goggins is just an absolute beast uh, of a person when it comes to working out. He, I think he goes so much beyond the physical into the mental. You know, I think that he challenges people and forces you to understand that in order for you to achieve the best, you're going to be on the physical side, you have to equally challenge yourself on the mental side and um you look at a guy like that if you could believe it barb he weighed 300 pounds at one point 300 pounds so glenn's talking about being 20 pounds you know uh heavier uh that he wants to be and um having to attack that this is a guy that was 300 pounds and you look at him now you would never know it well but, you know uh, david what's interesting about that that makes him relatable. That makes him somebody that we can connect with. It's that journey. Like he understands what it's like to be depressed, overweight, making wrong choices, and then making that transformation. I mean, without that, we might be able to say and justifiable, oh, wow, he was born that way and he's got great genetics. But because he's been transparent with his journey and his you know, I think he had multiple failures getting into the military. You know, he kept failing. Maybe it was boot camp. He, he kept failing. I don't know his story completely, but I do know that he was incredibly overweight. He had a very difficult childhood. And now he just motivates millions of people to live their best life, get in their best shape and make zero excuses. I mean, his mantra is stay hard. I'm like, and he's, he, I mean, you listen to some of the stuff he says. I'm like, I am I am scared of you. And I see him running. Brian, I'll have to let you know. And he's in the matrix right now. But I see him running down at the Jersey Shore. Um, I happen to be friendly with his fiance. And he's always, uh, not always, but he has spent several summers. And we see him running, man. It's like, you just want to, it's crazy. But he's, it's his journey. It's his journey. And you can get advice from somebody who's been on the journey and knows the pitfalls and the discouragement and the setbacks and the tools that you need to get to where we want to be. So what a, what a great segue. Raylan, jump in here. Yeah. First of all, I'm obsessed with, I'm equally obsessed with David Goggins, um, mainly because of that mentality aspect. Cause I, I've seen and been around people similar to Goggins. I can, you know, I don't think there's anybody like Goggins out there, but people similar in the, you know, growing up in, in college and, and wrestling and those things. 
there's always those guys that just can go to another level. But for him, it's like this this meditation of just like suffering. And one of my favorite things he talked about, I think, in his book, um, Can't Hurt Me, was the accountability mirror. I don't know if anybody remembers that. But like he was talking about how he would literally take like sticky notes and then say the most honest truth about himself uh, on that mirror. And it, that's one of those things when I read that book made me realize how often we tend to lie to ourselves, <laughs> right? Like, you know, um, if things are going exactly right, it's really easy to make excuses and say, well, you know, I don't know. It's just because the situation I'm in or I'm just busy or this or that. Um, but when you, when you have that accountability mirror or when you have that constant uh, self-awareness for where you actually want to be, things get a little bit easier. But, you know, that kind of brings me to something I realized recently. I don't know if it's just been like, you know, because Glenn talked about uh, his audit. Uh, I did something similar recently and I, I i have to admit something and maybe through me admitting this other people can can see it for themselves but i literally my ego has been out of the out of control recently and i didn't know i didn't realize Finally. It recently yeah i don't know thank you david yeah it's been out of control and it, here's what i mean which is i i think i've been teaching so much like constantly coaching and, and giving people advice and whatever that I kind of slowed down on how much I was learning or listening and how many questions I was asking. And, and I had, when I had this realization, I was like, well, that's why recently I've been kind of had like a creative slump. I've been stuck. And so anyway, I wanted to bring that up today and talk a little bit about ego. Wait, I know. have the cure, Raylan. I have the cure when your ego is not your amigo and, and runs wild get a couple of teenagers um, and you'll be fine. They will knock you down 72 pegs. You won't know <laughs> which end is up. There's my, there's my therapy session. I'll send you a couple of mine. I'll send you my teenagers. I appreciate it. But no, so I, I thought it'd be interesting <laughs> to talk about, again, like for people like Barbara, David, you know, and Brian and these, these, these Titans, right? How do you get to the point? How, how do you, um, sniff out if your ego your ego gets a little well you know you're, you're sipping your own food. Raylan it's getting around people that you know getting out of you know you uh, this is a terrible analogy but oh now I'm not going to use it okay but you do, you want to get out of that space that you're in because you're kind of you're the king of the hill and you never want to be the smartest man in the room but there are times where you're just in the mentorship role and you are guiding and you're coaching and you're mentoring but it has to also be equal parts where you're the you're the student you're learning and you're you know always in improving different areas of your life and as soon as you put yourself in these other rooms it's a great checkup you know and uh, it helps you kind of um re recalibrate for sure but you know Raylan we all go through that we all kind of and then we also go to the other extreme where you know I know as uh maybe it's maybe it's I don't know indigenous more to women but where we go to the other side and we're like I have completely unhinged and I am good at nothing so I I have this lovely habit of going rail to rail and seem to not be no I don't, <laughs> does anybody else have I don't that I think it's just a woman thing <laughs> okay Again, like for me, it's one of those things where I, I tend to float up and down. Same thing again when I was in sports, right? There would be times I'm like, I no one can touch me, and then there would be times that I'm like, I'm like the worst person in the world. The same thing again in business. I've realized, and I need to figure out a way to to flatten that curve, right? Where to where, you know, again, I don't have those super high highs where I'm like, you know, I'm just really. It's not that again that I, I don't 
I didn't go through it. When I say ego, it just means I just wasn't paying attention to other things. I just kind of focused on the mentorship aspect of it. Like you mentioned, you know, Raylan, um, one thing I could tell you, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, whenever I meet people, I am typically, I, I've gotten to that point in life to where in probably 95% of my social settings, I'm the oldest cat in the room. Um, and, uh, and sometimes by a lot. And so, you know, if I happen to be at an event, I was at an event in Tampa not too long ago, and and I was definitely the oldest dude uh, in in the room or in the area. And so when I meet somebody, I always will say, oftentimes will say, I'm David, I'm from the future. And, you know, it it's a joke, obviously, but it's kind of not, you know, because I've, for somebody, if I'm meeting somebody who's 30 or 40 or 50, like, you know, Glenn was talking about what he's going through and talking to Brian, uh, mentioning that that he's whatever he might be, 15 years younger than we are, 17 years, whatever it might be. But but it helps so much, uh, I think, to get around people that are not necessarily older. That's not the point. The point is people that have been down the road where you are and you know, the, the most important thing I said it earlier, about 20, 30 minutes ago is to have the guts, uh, to be honest with yourself all the time. I find, I was saying 30 minutes ago that most people just really have gotten into a habit where they're not honest with themselves. And I think that that really hurts people because I think that they've somehow taught themselves or been taught that in order to build up self-esteem or build up self-worth, self-confidence, you know, that we got to do these little exercises and talk about how good we are. And, you know, if you're, if you're constantly playing, for example, if you're constantly playing golf or playing tennis with people that are not as good as you, your chances, your likelihood of improving are slim and none um, because you're not going to be challenged. Um, and there's a reason why they say that you're going to become the average of the five people that you hang around with the most. Jim Rohn used to say that, as we know. And it's because if those five people are five people that will constantly challenge you, if those are five people that own attributes that you or any of us want, we respect, we admire, if those five people have accomplished things that are far beyond, not a little, not incrementally, but far beyond what we've accomplished, then they're going to challenge us to rise up. They're going to force us to look in the mirror differently. They're going to get us to a point to where we understand that, you know, it's, it's a great thing to be a permanent white belt. I say all the time, I am Raylan, a permanent white belt. And all that means is I'm led by curiosity. I'm led by an intense desire to learn uh, because those things are at least several of the things that keep you humble. I think humility is so underrated. And people that have humility, uh, people that have curiosity, people that have a sense of wonder, um, many of these things are attributes of children, uh, ironically enough. But if you think about it, think about how quickly kids learn. The difference between a child at three years old and five, five and seven, seven and 10, not only do they physically grow at a rate that's, that's so far beyond what we grow once we get to the point where we're 15 or 16 or 18, 
but their rate of learning in terms of in their brains, their mindsets, their, their uh, outlooks, uh, their perceptions um, are growing at just an insane rate. And think about once we get into school, which is crazy, what do you go to school for to learn? But then our rate of learning actually goes down, it retards. And then we get out of school or you get out of college, what happens? It tends to slow down, people settle in into a groove, which becomes a rut oftentimes. And then next thing you know, years go by and they wake up and they go, man, this is not where I want it to be. So I think all of those things are tied together. Curiosity, humility, surrounding yourself with people that astound you. I mean, not just you're impressed, like they astound you. Um, making those people your mentors, your wisdom counsel, and being able to call on them is one thing, but having them literally become your mirror, they become your mirror, it's going to cause you to rise up. And it's completely understandable, I think, where you are, but it's, it's, it's temporary. When you're in the right mindset, I wouldn't worry about it. It's temporary. May I chime in? Absolutely. Please do. Who is this? Who's this speaking? Uh, uh, this is Ginny. And I will guarantee you without a shadow of a doubt, I am the oldest cat in this room. <laughs> and I am insanely curious. I watched Top Gun before I went to see Top Gun Maverick. And um, I am insanely curious about everything. And I have been since I was six years old. I owned a travel agency for 25 years and uh, went through 9-11, went through bird flu, went through a car going through the window next to my desk. And I happened not to be sitting at my desk because my biggest company had crashed and burned. It was the Bombay company. And uh, the, they sold the building and I had to move out. So I found a new office and went and got keys made, um, went in Lowe's, came out, and called my daughter. My other daughter chimed in, called her. She got back, Sue got back on the phone with me, and she said, there's a car on your desk. I talk a lot. I still talk a lot but there's a car on my desk. An architect from across the hall had pulled up in front of our big office building and drove his car through my desk because he had an attack. And people said, you can quit. I said, hell no. And I always said, hell no, I'm not quitting. And I'm still saying, hell no, I'm not quitting. Uh, I got on Clubhouse because the editor of the book I, I wrote uh, wanted me to stop talking to her. So she suggested Clubhouse. But I want to do a podcast. Now you're talking to us. Yes. <laughs> Lucky us. That's great. Good stories. So anyhow, the old girl here is not quitting. So don't forget the old. But I, I just want to tell you one thing, and it'll be brief. I watched Les Miserables on PBS last night, the 25th anniversary, and I thought, what can they do 
to make it any better. I've watched it 10 times. I've seen it in theaters in different parts of the world. And uh, they rocked the cast, of course. And then, of course, they brought in the old cast. And then they, they did several encores. But what they did at the very end rocked it. They brought in all the youth, all the young singers and dancers that are going to be the future of Les Miserables. So they went from Colm Wilkinson to 8- and 10-year-old kids. They reinvented it. And it is reinventing. You never quit. And that's my message. Thank you. It's a great message, Jenny. Thank you for joining in. I appreciate that so much. And uh, by the way, Barb, I don't know if you, uh, Brian or Raylan, have seen Top Gun Maverick. I was really not. I, you, I, I, I can't I, even I, begin to tell you how many people have brought it up. I, I Do not I, ruin it for I me. Had, Barb, do not. I, had no, I had no intention of going. And my daughter called and said, hey, do you want to go? And I said, all right. I, haven't, I don't think I've been to a movie in three years, but sure, I'll go. And so we ended up going and i was absolutely blown I'm done. away everybody blown says away. that i'm going i, I, I hear i hear I, what's great I, about I, it is it's a throwback that it's a throwback to the days when you know pride america that yeah. sort of good stuff 100 percent right yeah and, and you, you know literally you literally want to stand up in that theater yes, and start yes, chanting yes. usa usa and you know i was as many of you know i was i served in the u.s navy I was down there in San Diego. I remember when a uh, fighter school was in Miramar. I was not in a uh, fighter school or anything remotely close to that. I was on a ship, but he, you were the chef, right? No, you know what's crazy, <laughs> kid, Brian? You would kid, never man. guess this. In a, you'd never guess this in a million years. Uh, is uh, is that I was on a ship that refueled all the other ships, so that when we went out at sea for months at a time we would come alongside destroyers or frigates or uh or aircraft carriers and we would shoot a line these guys would shoot a gun shoot a line across the water is insane uh the guys on the other side had this device that would catch the line it became a feeder line for these giant hoses for fuel and jp5 which yeah, is yeah the, it's insane right it's insane and, and i would watch these I would watch these guys take off from that flight deck. It was the most uh, unbelievably like impressive thing uh, I've ever seen. And so just watching that movie. But the other thing is to watch Tom Cruise and his, whatever anybody thinks about Tom Cruise, this is a dude that does all of his own stunts and the physical condition that that guy is in Brian, uh, obviously you could appreciate tremendously because you go through the same things. But the guy is in just ridiculous shape, and he has never, ever gotten to a point to where he said, I'm there. You could just tell this guy is driven every single day, but the movie was fantastic. At 59 years of age, and he, I want to say, I've got to say this, he looks younger in a way. He, I, I don't think he looks younger. No, he, he, he was, was he, he's, he's, hot, he's harder looking. He's in better shape than he was when he did the original Top Gun. But 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 I don't think it was that. I think it was also the fact that I think he was so happy he got that project done and he got Val Kilmer in the movie and they had to simulate a very short sentence that he says they had to simulate it. 
But to see that man also, think about this, Val Kilmer, all oiled and greased in the first movie, came on with cancer. And I can't, anyhow, he came on and he put himself out there as an old guy who is very, very ill. That takes courage. That's another thing that you have to get. It's not only curiosity, you have to get courage. And my husband was on the USS Midway. Midway, he's a, He was an ordnance officer. So I salute the military and all you guys. Thank you for doing what you do. 100%, 100% keeping that real, you know, and we, we take that for granted. You know, it's like uh, people ask me about paying taxes and say, do you like paying taxes? And I, I don't mind paying Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. This is because of the ability to put my head down on a pillow, knowing the Air Force, the Army, the Navy, and the other uh, armed forces are protecting us, you know, and, and supporting them all day long for the freedoms that we, we have, and a special, special breed that do that. All right, Barb, so where do you want to take us? Well, we're going to go to the movies. <laughs> we're going to go to the movies. I want to go to the yeah, movies. Yeah, that's it. Popcorn. I want to get out of here. Popcorn hey, and lot, lot, lots of butter. I got I got Dan Mandel on the stage, and um, I hope you'll take me to see this movie. And happy birthday, Dan. It is his birthday today, 6'6". Um, so I want to go see a movie. And uh, the tools you need. To... <laughs> you can unmike Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> but I haven't, been, I haven't been to a movie in far more than David. It's probably been about 15 years. And I think it was The Lion King the last time I was at the movie, to be honest. So it's going to be tough to get me the Top Gun. But okay. It's, uh, <laughs> that sounds like a challenge. We'll be going to the movies as soon as we're done with this this hour. I'm looking forward to it. That's that's a, I'm hearing nothing but rave reviews. So let me organize this conversation. The tools you need to climb the highest mountains. And, you know, I always, whenever I run any sort of webinar, anything, anybody asks me, you know, for advice, I'm like, without the right mindset, you're not going anywhere. You're just going to, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get started, but you're not going to get finished. And, you know, I had a great conversation this weekend because we were, I was talking to a, um, talking to a, a friend and she was saying how disappointed she was in her, you know, or in one of her children because they didn't, you know, finish college or something, something along those lines. And it was really, you know, it was an interesting conversation because we put so much weight on, you know, go to college, get a good job. And it's this narrative. And if you don't do that, it's like doom and gloom for the rest of your life. And I was very quick to share um, a couple of things. I've met some very successful people over you know, the last several decades. And I would say 50% of them didn't even graduate college. And the other half did. Other them, uh, uh, Half of them did, half of them didn't. And so I just don't feel like it's a metric of success. But I wanted to share a narrative that I held onto and I continue to hold onto 
um, that was so important because I had been messaged. I'm a twin and I have a very um, intelligent twin. Uh, academically, he's very gifted. He was in gifted and talented and um, just really in all the AP classes and is now an attorney and is just a smart human being academically. And um, my grandmother, my grandma Rose at some point, because I was, I'm not an academic, I'm not particularly academically gifted. So I just, I never thought I was dumb, but I wasn't, I was like, oh, well, Ben's just the rock star. Well, at some point in my childhood, I'll never forget this. My grandmother looked at me and she goes, you know, you're the smart twin. And she was the matriarch of our family. And I was like, what? She goes, no, you're the smart, you're the smart twin. And she said it just to me. And, and my, my dad was there. He must've been in the room. And I was like, I'm, I'm the smart twin. Well, I held and still hold on to this narrative because that's how I've kind of, I, I decided not to believe any other narrative that was out there about me, whether I just wasn't academically gifted, but I don't think enough people are, have a script in their head that is serving them where they're like, Oh, I didn't go to college. And society says that means that you're just going to be, you're, you're less than you're not capable. You're not going to land the good job, have the great opportunities. And I think it's such a disservice. First of all, we're crippling a nation of people that are going to college and think they're entitled to get the, get the good job, get 72 paid vacations a, a you know, a year and what have you. And I just think it's so important that, you know, when we talk about the tools you need to climb high mountains, the first tool you need is the right mentality, the right, the right narratives in your head to steer your ship. Like, you know, the knowing somebody told me I was smart and I decided to believe it, but you know, listen, <laughs> academically, uh, although Ben and I, okay, little fun family fact, the twin and I got the exact same SAT scores. So there's that. Okay. I just had to do a personal plug for my intelligence. Um, but what do you guys, that's where I start. What tools do you guys start with? Well, Raylan. about the uh, yeah. about the same SAT scores when you cheat on the test together, that <laughs> tends to happen. So I'm I'm not surprised there. What are you uh, talking about? You cannot I mean, cheat on an SAT score. Uh, well, you know, I mean, that's that's how my, that, that's actually, how my that would happen. My twin is horrified by that story. He's like he he's like, can you? <laughs> he just I don't know. He thinks it's horrible. I'm like, this is awesome. So I'm 49 years old and I'm still sharing that story. Um, <laughs> Raylan, Brian, would you like I don't, to I don't I don't think it's fair for you to take away from the fact that that she did not cheat. She threatened the guy. <laughs> she she threatened the person who was guy. monitoring. Exactly that. He better but not finish with a better score. Look at how much emphasis we put on like the SAT scores and all of it. And I'm like, what did that have anything to do? I just wish we would we would open up the up, like start teaching different things that people who go to vocational schools or art schools or like theater and like just sports. We just have this pecking order and it's so it's such a detriment. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's just how I feel. Well, well, well the, cr- the crime is we don't tell the truth. You know, you don't have to go to college. But, you know, there's another path you can take, but that path involves a lot of work. And if you're uh, if you if you're not cut out for doing the hard work of, of business and or working, you may want to get the education so that you have something to fall back on. And, and that's where I think a lot of a lot of people take that extra time after school by not going to college uh, and not digging in. And when I graduated, I went to school for a hot 
two semesters college and it was terrible felt like 13th grade and I dropped out but I worked like a, a maniac and then after getting to a certain level in, in, in business I felt the insecurity of not having the diploma of not having the degree and I went I went to school I shouldn't say I went back to school but I went back to school and and got the degree but I was able to take and lean into classes and in fact use many of those classes uh, in my business to practice uh, the theories that they were teaching and I, so I I thought it was really really important but today you know all these people saying you don't need to go to school it's okay and you know you do need an education whether you go to school or not and if you're going and if you're going to get a job you need to have an education in that job you know medical students and lawyers and other professions are not the only one that need specific training to perform well at their craft we all do so you know th there's really no way of avoiding education you may be able to avoid college but you're not going to be able to avoid ed the education in a in, in a vocation that you intend to accelerate in because you'll get eaten up alive otherwise no, I think that's a great point when we're talking about like, you don't have to go to college, you still have to get an education because <laughs> it's one of those things that we have so much information in front of us, but it does take work to go and find the right information. And then what are you going to do with it? And so like, I, I was like, I went through five years or four years of college. Oh, good job, buddy. Way to put your own shirt on. High five. Um, so I went through school to be a teacher. And then one of the things I realized early on, like later on after student teaching, I didn't want to be a teacher. So then I had this mid midlife crisis, like, right? Like, what do I do? But then you come to realize that if you just pick up a book, for example, this is something that, again, I talked about earlier when I was talking about my ego. One of the things that I did was write down the things, all the things I still don't know yet, right? All the things that I still need more clarity on, all the things that just I don't know, all the things at least I know that I don't know. And there's so much information out there. Like, for example, the fact that I was like, I I've been paying somebody or, or, or learning from somebody about Google ads. Well, you guys probably already knew this. I didn't, but you could go in from Google, go get a certification, right? Like there's, there's project management certification. There's all these things that Google does literally for free, damn near. And that you can go and learn literally today and change your entire life. But to Barb's point, if we tell ourselves these stories. Now I have all the information. I just got to get the right opportunity. Truth is a lot of us are probably not even right, ready for the opportunity yet. Right? Like we don't have, know enough knowledge yet. What would you do? Like I think about um, when somebody says there was this dinner we used to go to uh, for entrepreneurs and there's a section where you say, Hey, who do you need to meet? Who do you need to meet? And there's this one guy who said, do not ask to meet somebody you're not ready for. He said, there was somebody that asked to meet with Oprah and the connection got made. He had an opportunity just to have five minutes with Oprah, but he didn't know what to do with it. So oftentimes we're like, if I just met this one person, if I just had this one opportunity, my life would change. But the question I think you have to ask yourself is like, are you prepared for it? So again, to your guys' point, education is like at all time low right now, but you do have to do the work. You do have to pick up the book, figure out what more information you wanna you know, learn. I think we forget sometimes that we did all that schooling, the 12 years of high school and the four years of, college really to learn how to learn and yes i was just gonna say that learning how to learn in whatever capacity that is finding finding where you get curious and you know being okay with your own you know your own path but you do you have to have that discipline and like ben stock always says that build the muscle of the mundane and be 
able to learn and work through frustration and stay curious and optimistic that you'll that you'll you'll figure it out. So I think that's like the that's clearly the first tool. What other tools do you feel that that you need in your arsenal to to live your best life? David, I see you Barb, have unmite. Yes, my dear. Yeah, Barbie, I um and I love that you got to learn to learn um something else that by the way, Brian, I'll and, and I'll move on to what I think another one of the important tools are, but uh, Brian also uh, oftentimes will recite uh, Alvin Toffler's line from a book, uh, I believe it was Future Shock, decades ago, where he talks about the illiterate of the future are not those who don't know how to read. It's the ones that don't know how to learn, unlearn, and relearn. But So that's really critically important. But I think another one is belief. I, I really, again, I find that so many people at their core they don't necessarily have the level of belief that they would want to have or that they honestly need to have in order to pursue and achieve what they want to achieve. And the reality is simply this, is that nobody pursues anything that they don't believe they can bring about. It keeps you from going insane. It keeps you from diminishing your self-esteem. And so I think that one of the critical aspects of uh, being able to climb the highest mountain is being able to take inventory of the level of belief that you have. And just like you were saying that, you know, you've got to exercise your brain. Um, we were talking earlier about exercising physically, but you also have to do that when it comes to your level of belief. Um, the, you, you have to get to the point to where you can not only dream audaciously, but you could do audaciously. And it's one thing to think about is this for anybody out there. If you think in terms of how you dream, if I said, can you dream a really big dream? If you ask that of a hundred people, Barb, all hundred have the capacity to talk about a very big dream, but very few, have the ability to think big. And that's a really thin, but very important line. Because if you can dream big, but you could also think big, then you can do big, right? And, and that's because you have the belief, you have the mindset, you have the discipline, the willpower, the mental fortitude. If you can dream big, but you don't have that mindset to think big, then chances are you're gonna like it or not, and maybe you don't even realize it, but you tend to keep yourself in a very safe place and you don't ever end up pursuing those really grand adventures or really big dreams that you have in your brain. Oh, 100%. Well, the magic happens outside your comfort zone. And you're, you just reminded me. So this weekend was uh, also my father's birthday. So I had all my family over. And, um, you know, I'm talking with my brother and I, I, I just I, I have to flush out like the way that I, I always have to talk about where my headspace is. And I'm talking a lot about real estate because I'm very curious to see what's happening. And what's so interesting, David, if I take the conversation too far into the space of like, have you considered doing X, Y, and Z? What are your thoughts going forward? 
uh, he he won't go there. He's he's like, oh, you know what? I don't want like, and starts getting very aggravated because he, he you know he, it just it's it's too much. It's too much. And I realize his wife is sitting there. I probably shouldn't even mention that these are the people, but um, his wife's sitting there, and her like her ears are on fire. She can't get enough of this conversation because I'm talking about what's going on in their community. Right. And I'm like, you guys have this giant temple. This is what I found out this week. You got to hear this for anybody who's in real estate. I found this fascinating. So they, they built this giant, um, church and, um, it's a, a Hindu church in their community. They spent 15 years building it and they're advertising for this church back in India to, you know, bring people over into this area of New Jersey. And I'm like, do you understand how this is affecting your um, apartment? Like in an apartment, but his condo, I'm like, this is, you know, because the, the temple is not finished being built and it's abs it's a monstrosity and it's gorgeous. I mean, it's absolutely beautiful. And so I'm like, you understand, like that's going to bring an influx of people opportunity. And as we spend time with Grant Cardone, I'm like, who's building the multifamily homes that are going in into this area? I know it's an underdeveloped area, but he didn't have the ears. He was like, I'm like, do you think about ever, you know, getting a couple of more of those condos in your area? Because blah, blah, blah. And I'm just talking because I'm blah. This is all I do. I talk all the time. And I'm curious about real estate. He shut off, but her ears were like, what did he no. talk like? What? No. Really? Okay. Yeah, no, it was, it was, re it was interesting, but it, you gotta like, you have to have the right curiosity and, you know, you also have to talk to the right people. That's that, you know, it's interesting because some people shut off, they're not curious and other people are like, tell me more. And what are your thoughts? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm just curious. Let's dive into it. Let's, in let's get curious um, about your real estate, your investments, where you can go. I'm, I'm honestly, um, I'm fascinated, but maybe that's just me. I, I, like, th making, I think you I like making money. List, Barbara, <laughs> I think you could put that on your list though, as number three, it's, it, it's massively, uh, I think undervalued by, uh, some people or maybe society as a whole, but curiosity, I think is everything. I think curiosity is one of the greatest superpowers anybody could have because curiosity will keep you forever uh, in a sense of wonder, curiosity will keep you in a, uh, wanting to learn. Curiosity will feed this thirst for knowledge. Curiosity will keep you humble. It'll keep you from being arrogant. Curiosity is a superpower. And so I think you could add that to your list as, as possibly as number three. You know, can we talk in junction with that? And then Raylan, I'll throw it to you because I think where people get intimidated, they, they let their egos rule and they stay silent when they're confused about something. And, you know, I just would encourage you to put your ego aside and be like, you know, what? I want to learn. I don't understand that. Like, I don't understand, you know, can you tell me this, that, and the other thing? And I think it's perfectly okay. Like, I, I don't mind people if they think that it's on them, if they're like, oh, she just doesn't, you know, she just doesn't get it. She doesn't understand. I don't, I don't care what people think. I just need to know the information. So I'd rather ask the same question 1200 times until it solidifies in my understanding, my knowingness, because it's not about, I, I don't, I'm not attached to anybody else's perception of whether I'm smart or not. I'm like, I'm not really interested in how you feel about me. I'm only interested in getting the information so I can use it to my own advantage. And 
I think too many people are like, oh, people are going to think I'm dumb. I don't know. I should know everything. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Get rid of that. That's that's a wasted narrative and also very, um, I don't know, uh, detrimental. Raylan, I saw you um, on mic. And um, yeah, and then go ahead, Raylan. No, go ahead, Barb. No, no, I was going to say something, but I realized it's just, it's better off in a DM. So (laughs) (laughs) I think one of the things I was going to add, because again, we, we keep centering this thing slowly, but surely around like ego. And again, like this weekend, like we asked earlier, right? What did I do this weekend? Again, I just went and studied ego. Like I was kind of obsessed about what ego does. And I realized that the thing that could stop someone from being more curious Right. And again, I go through waves. I go through these waves of curiosity and then I go back into, you know, not asking enough questions. And so what happened? Right. So for me, when I talk about ego, it's also I forgot purpose. And so the cool thing about purpose is like when you have purpose, then it doesn't matter if you look stupid asking a question because it's all to serve you to continue to go on and and do that purpose is usually higher than you. Right. Which is usually to serve other people or create a, a pathway for other people. And so like one of those things, sometimes like, for example, here on Clubhouse, somebody may be afraid to come up and ask a question or like me earlier. I started this whole conversation with guys. My ego got out of control. Right. So so it's easy to go, well, I shouldn't do that because then I'll look some some sort of way or whatever. But the truth is, if your purpose is to help people. Like for me, my, my entire purpose is to help people realize they deserve more and to clear a path for them to go and get that thing, right? Then it doesn't matter. I can bring that up and talk honestly and say, hey, this is the struggle that I went through. And here are some things that could that could help you if you're going through the same thing. And I think the other part of this too is, is David brought up a good point. You have to believe in the mission, to believe in what you are are capable of and do those things. I think another piece of this though is is ask yourself, what are you willing to sacrifice? Because nothing can be achieved without a little bit of sacrifice, or at least in some cases, a lot of bit of sacrifice, right? Like I, I think about even uh, on, a, on a lower note or like a, not business related, but relationships, right? Like you have to sacrifice something to have an outstanding relationships at times, right? You have to, when it comes to business, you have to sacrifice sometimes the ease of comfort or the immediate gratification. There, there's things that you have to give up in order to achieve what you want. And so the question becomes, if you really want that statement, right, to be, like I was watching uh, Alex Ramosi talk about this one, I thought it was fascinating. He said, I never thought it was a, if this was gonna work, it was more so of a when it's gonna work. That, that was the only question. When is this gonna happen? When is this gonna work? And I think the only way you can really achieve that to get to that point where you're like, no, this is going to work. I just gotta figure out the win is you have to be willing to sacrifice something. And sometimes that means being super uncomfortable for a little bit. Can I ask a question? Yes, of course. Jump in there. Okay. And I'm a, and you know what? I'm st- I'm I'm curious and I'm still highly competitive. So I think that's I'm killer competitive. But the question is, and I put it in the chat, do you think champions are born Olympic champions business any is born with that because in a family of say five disadvantaged people why does one person why does sojourner truth I don't know if anybody knows who she is but she was a freed uh, slave who addressed uh, Congress and she said ain't I a woman too how did she have the do people come with that and can you get it? I mean, do you know what I'm saying? 
people who go through whatever it's a great it's a great question and um you know i don't think there's one any one answer but i'd say most of the champions that i know weren't born that way they they forged themselves from whatever they had the same soil as the people around them but they did something different with it right they had brothers and sisters that grew up with the same parents but they did something different with those parents their internalization because their internalization of the information they saw it differently their belief was different because they come with it no i don't i don't i don't necessarily think that i think every one of us you know our brains interpret information how it comes in and and you and i can look at the same information and hear the same information and interpret it differently and and it's 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 based on really how and what we've consumed so the, to give that gift away and say that that gift is for those only those special that are born with it. I know people that, that, that that's really were clods, did not have a good education, didn't do well in school, uh, but, but they made the best of it anyhow. Right. And, they out, and they outdid their brothers and sisters because they, they chose a different path and they leaned into that path. And, and I don't know that they were born with it. Sometimes, I, I uh, sometimes it's insecurity. Sometimes it's insecurity. Sometimes it's jealousy. Sometimes it's, it, it's you know, I'm not going to take this anymore. And, you know, and to say it's born with it, I think would take too many people's heads out of the game. And I, I don't want to do that because I think anybody can do a lot of things. Now, not everybody could be LeBron James, but everybody can do you know, something. Uh, and every one of us has Michael Jordan talent in us in something that we can hey, do. Hey, Brian, you know, somebody posted in the chat also which I thought was very appropriate, uh, a well-known uh, Einstein saying, which is, uh, everyone is genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, <laughs> you know, so it's it's going to look like it's not a genius, obviously. And so I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think that it takes some people longer than others to find what that is. I think also... Some people are definitely helped along tremendously based on, you, you hear all the time, Jenny, the difference between nurture and nature. And so you're talking about nature. Are people innately born with this gift that allows them to be champions? And I agree with Brian. I think, honestly, everybody is born with that. I don't think everybody has it unleashed. I think some people, uh, it'll take them until their 40s or 50s or 60s before they fully get unleashed. Part of that, some, you know, people would call wisdom, you know, learning in life. Part of David, it is- David, I, mean, I think part of the unleashing it is looking for it. And some people it's, aren't looking for it, you know? I agree. So, so it, 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 they, may, they may have that. You know, I always thought when I was a kid, uh, uh, what if Arnold Schwarzenegger never picked up a weight, right? Never worked out, it just wasn't what he wanted to do. He still would have had that potential in his genes to be who he was but if he didn't have that something that said hey this is this is what i want to do his muscles didn't say this is what we need to do somehow luckily he found that how many of us are fantastic singers but we we just never know it because we never really tried it or <laughs> nurture i know i'm not barbara you you obviously have the same vocal upbringing that i do i mean i listen i listened to myself singing a song uh yesterday in fact and, and, and it's very sad, very sad that someone was recording that uh, for but, me. Uh, you know, Brian, there's also that great uh, Kennedy 
quote, uh, how most people look at something and say, why? And, you know, he looks at it and says, why not? I think something that's common with, with people like that also is that they tend to be the people that say, why not? You know, at some point, David Goggins had to have said, why not? Why not? Why can't I do this? Elon Musk certainly probably says, why not an awful lot? You know, you've got to get up at some point to say, why not? So do you agree with that? Can I say yeah, something? It's got, uh, you, you, frankly, you got to have that, that passion has got to be a little bit stronger than why not, you know, for to do anything meaningful. And, well, I'm talking about and, just the curiosity. Yeah, that, oh yeah, that yeah, for sure. For, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and it's, I, I, I found that moment when I, you know, again, car story, but when I got in the car business, I saw this guy, Eric, uh, coming to work and he's opening up his briefcase, he's putting his calculator on the desk. He's just a regular kind of guy and I realized this guy's supporting a family selling cars and I'm living in my basement, uh, my, my mom's basement. Uh, and I'm like, my God, if I, well, if I can do what he does and earn what he's earning, and I don't have any of those things like kids and a house, my God, I could be, you know, you know why can't I do that? And, and, and the goal was to, to meet the income of a gentleman named Eric Zittrin. I don't even know if Eric's still alive. But in, in short order, I was able to do the same thing. And I think then it started me on my journey, right, of looking at somebody that's ahead of me and trying to reel him in and say, if he can do it, why can't I do it? And, and now, you know, obviously it's, a, it's become a, an obsession uh, and we keep trying to just change how high a high is. But I, I, I don't know that any of us are born with that. I think it's something clicks off in your head and you say, what are you waiting for? You, you know, what do you, you know, it's, someone's not going to give it to you. I think a lot of people, that first question is that uh, are you do you have a motive is there a reason you can't be motivated without a motive and and that's all goes back goes back to that you know how big is your why and what is your why and you know too many people today i think are very comfortable looking for somebody else to help them you know the, the nine to five job that doesn't satisfy them the government giving them some sort of this uh, and it's you know, you, and there's such a i think all of us have an ability to do much more than we ever thought we could Hey, I agree. I heard a woman on mic and asked to jump in. Who was that? That was me, Barbara. Hi, Maria. Yep. Hi. So, so we, we both have teenagers and, you know, Brian was just talking about purpose and Raylan was talking about uh, purpose as well. I just want to say that, you know, my son, he's now in college, he's a UConn, um, he's going into junior year. He's an intern now in the field that he loves. And when he was in high school, he did not believe in high school. And he was, he's my oldest. And as a mom, I'm thinking, wow, I was a teacher. How is my son not doing well? What am I not doing? It stopped becoming about me. I'm like, hey, Salvatore, you, know, you have to find your passion. What do you love? What do you love? He goes, I don't believe in high school. It's a waste of time. I don't care about these subjects. He goes, I can't wait to go to college. And I said, well, I you know, you can't wait to go to college, but you got to get through high school first, right? It's kind of like the necessary evil in your life right now. Well, P.S., he graduated high school in 2020, right? We didn't have a prom. We didn't have a graduation, but he graduated and he didn't even care about those things. I did more than him, right? Because, you know, I wanted to go to a prom, you know, as a mom, but he's in UConn right now. He has and has always had a 4.0 GPA, 4.0 as a mechanical engineer major. The kid was taking physics and 
all these classes. He took calculus. We were competing with Cal 1 and 2. I got an A. He got an A. He was excited because I was a math major. Um, he thought he beat me when he got an A in Cal 2. I was like, uh, sorry. <laughs> he found his purpose. He, he switched over to civil. Now he's doing infrastructure. He's working on that project in New London, Connecticut as an intern. He's thrilled. He's happy. He's excelling. He's dreaming. He believes in what he's doing at this time. He loves what he's doing. His purpose is to build the world. And that's what we need. I, he inspires me. What is my purpose? What do I want to be amazing for? And that's, that's really what it comes down to is finding your purpose, believing in what you're doing, bring on the passion and build those muscles by learning and growing daily. And thank you for this opportunity to speak. Absolutely. And congratulations to your son. That's an amazing school. And it was tough. You know, there was a tough year to grad. Tough times make for, for tougher, tough. Wanted to jump in there. I'm happy to pass the mic around. Hey, Tyrone, I saw you, you commented in the chat. Tyrone Poole. All right. Hello, Barbara. How you doing? Good morning to everybody. Good morning. I hope everybody's doing well on this uh, great Monday. Um, I wanted to just um, uh, add a little bit on that perspective as far as I've had that question asked to me a thousand times. I wish or millions of times. I wish I wish I could have a dollar for every time somebody asked me that question about does, you know, are, are people like are champions born or are they made? They're made. They're made. And I, I kind of put in the chat um, uh, the gambler, the gambler, the song by Kenny Rogers. There's a lot of like life in that actual song, you know, and I'm a connoisseur of all music, just like I'm a connoisseur of all whatever. Uh, if it's going to educate me, I'm going to listen to it. I'm going to try it. I'm a whatever, uh, because that's what success is. Success is is making adjustments, the right adjustments. And I think in life, people don't make the right adjustments. And that's why some win and some fail, because when they come to that situation of that fork in the road and they don't know whether to go left or right. But if they have not been paying attention along the journey, when they come to that fork in the road, they're not going to know whether to go left or right. But I think you can determine which way you want to go left or right based on if you are paying attention along the journey. And most of us, we're, we don't really pay attention. I think I heard uh, maybe David said that uh, at some point people come to themselves. And I think that is true. Those who come to themselves earlier, they know sooner than later whether or not they're going to turn left or right. They already know. But then there are some that don't really pay attention until they come to the turn. And now it's almost like they're making a reckless turn. But uh, the song, The Gambler, if anybody want to check that song out, I'm like, go check that song out. Just really look at the lyrics. Listen to the lyrics. And like he said, and I'll say this and I'll close. Um, he says every gambler, and I put it in the chat, he says every gambler knows. So we're all gamblers in this world, in this life, in this world. We're gamblers. Uh, every morning you wake up, you're gambling. If you're going to make the right decisions or you're going to make the wrong decisions. But either way, you have to make a decision. And he says every gambler knows the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away and knowing what to keep. 
Sometimes we don't throw away relationships that we need to throw need to throw away. And sometimes we throw away relationships that we need to keep. So again, it comes down to education. Sometimes we listen to the wrong people who lead us down the wrong path and we don't know who we are, what we have, and, and what we can do. We're looking for somebody else to tell us what to do. And we're basing our experience off of their experience. But if we listen and learn, and I think somebody said uh, LeBron James and, and Michael Jordan, nobody will ever be nobody else but the principles of basketball are the principles in basketball. The principles of real estate are the principles in real estate. The principles of health are the principles of health. The key is, do you know what to throw away and what to keep? Because every hand, and this, way, and this is what I love the, the, the best about this song, every hand is a winner and every hand is a loser. So what that says is that Everybody, there are people who say, man, life dealt me a, a, a bad hand. And then there's a narrative at the end or they come to. You know what? Life messed me up. My, my parents left me. My dad was an alcoholic or my my parents didn't love me. OK. And then there's somebody else who's been dealt a winning hand and you think they would definitely be successful but again they made some bad decisions and lost everything had silver spoon put in their mouth but because they didn't have knowledge they made a mistake so again you could be dealt a bad hand and you could turn it into a winning hand uh, so i can go on and on I, I love stuff like this because i'm proof that what people say is wrong because i started out on the wrong side of the tracks meaning like uh, uh financial poverty but that passion and understanding who I was, what I had and what I could do allowed me to do things that other people say, whoa, you were lucky. You No, I wasn't lucky. My preparation prepared me for my opportunity. So yeah, I, I love it when people start saying stuff like, you know, is it are champions born or are they made? But that's not, you know, the topic of are you gifted with it or do you uh, establish it or what have you. So. But thank you, Barbara, for allowing me to elaborate and <laughs> go over my two minutes, so to speak. But I, I love it. it. I um, am singing the song in my head. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, yes. walk away, run. I'm singing, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but that's every do hand's it. a winner. It's Don't so, do it. It's so, it's so true. Well, Barbara, stick with what you're apparently good at. <laughs> Pumpkin well, carving got, listen, and turn cocktail on your TV, making. Brian. Well, you can't I, get enough of me. No, I'm on no, your no. TV. Pumpkin, like pumpkin right carving <laughs> and, and, and cocktail mixing for summer. I, I watch that. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an easy drinker. I mean, I can't go through all that before I have a drink. Cut this and mix that and put the two tablespoons of this and one of that. No, no, just crack open a bottle. Come on, it's it's fun. It's fun, and what they look, Brian's it talking about. It looked delicious. It looked delicious, but uh, I want a lot everyone of work. to go to my Instagram right now. Follow me on Instagram. Brian, you know she calls there. that mommy juice. <laughs> Absolutely, I think it's just the fun. mom and, mixer. Uh, anybody that knows me, hey, having trouble with your kids? <laughs> do what I do. Barbara, Barbara just here. Here's how I cope. I take two shots of tequila and I mix it in with. I mean, I mean, what a great segue to the summer. Well, okay, so listen. What a great you love your children as much as I love my children? Here's my recipe. <laughs> I have great kids. I'm going to tell you that right now. I got great kids. But, you know, on Friday happy hour, 
I'm going to, I'm going to dial down, but I'm not going to dial down too much because you know, I'm always here. Breakfast with champions on Saturday say, morning. Did you it's say 10 Friday, o'clock. Our did, did you say is Friday up. is happy hour? I just want, you know, Friday is a full day, but I guess no, you celebrate my, the whole Friday day. At the, happy hour. <laughs> you know me. Listen, I, I'll, I can go pace to pace with you on at work and yeah, but it is 10 o'clock and we finish on time and it is Marcus Black. It is your turn. Guys, we will see you on Saturday. Have an amazing week. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.